You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. Hey everyone, welcome to The Plug Podcast with Neil Griffith. Thanks for listening. Hope you're all doing well. I've got another awesome interview to share with you all this week. I'm joined by US band and LA trio Wallows, which is made up of Cole Preston, Braden Lamasters, and Dylan Manette. This was funny how it actually came together. So when Atlantic Records reached out about getting the guys on the podcast, we had just come across from Sydney to New York and we hadn't got our studio sorted yet. So like the good people Atlantic are, they actually invited us to their own studio in the New York office, which was a beautiful space and the perfect spot to sit down with Dylan, Braden, and Cole. So on this episode, we talk about their current world tour, the latest album, Tell Me That It's Over, what the guys have coming up, and what it also means for their other projects. Fans will know, of course, that Dylan and Brayden also act. Dylan was the lead in Netflix's huge series, 13 Reasons Why, a few years ago, so we spoke about what the future holds for that side of things. All right, let's get into it. Here is the full chat with Wallows on The Plug. Welcoming to The Plug Podcast for the very first time, Cole Brayden, Dylan, (laughs) Wallows, welcome, gentlemen. Ooh, What's up? I would say like welcome to my studio, but the good people at Atlantic have helped us out here. We're in a very fancy studio. It's like, yeah, it's like a weird like Hollywood reporter roundtable, like Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington would be on. I don't think right. we've really done yeah like doing this this style. Yeah, the roundtable. I like it. I like yeah, it. I, I do like it. It's very cool. How are you guys doing? As we record this, you've just done the first of four shows at Terminal Five in New York. How are we feeling after night one? Uh. Energized. I feel good. I feel confident. I feel um, the show was just very ex- already my favorite show we've played in New York, uh, and one of the best of the tour. One of my favorites in general. So um, it was really amazing. It's just weird to think that we have like literally three more of the, the same thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, normally, multiple nights tend to get better as they go. So we've only done two max so we'll see by the night three four how easy it is three, to compare four. at that point <laughs> yeah yeah it's trippy we got another tonight but yeah it's, we uh, had like no clams last night mm-hmm. as, as in like mistakes i feel like we just like played the show i did clams. on a personal level like i was like oh i'm gonna do better the next night but i thought <laughs> cool. the show was cool. great i thought mm-hmm. the show was great. well my my thing about that is just just to talk about clams is basically like my booster pedal for my guitar is right yeah. next to my tuner and when you click your tuner the sound goes off and <laughs> I always look like an idiot because on the big moments where I want to blast my guitar, I, I literally press my, like, Rana, and I hit the tuner on accident. <laughs> Just silence. So that happened once. Not going to happen again. The Radiohead moment. Did you guys notice? Uh, no. Just like a movie. That... <clears throat> no, I turned oh. off my pedal. I didn't notice Wait, any on the plans. break? No, 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 but it's no, no, just no, no, you. No, just no. When it first happens, oh. I usually put on my booster pedal. Oh, people probably just, don't even notice. Silence. <laughs> oh, I anyway. feel like maybe I have heard you do that like most times. Yeah, <laughs> that's happened. That's funny. So I was gonna say, you guys started this tour in April of this year, but when I came to the studio, some of the nice publicists here told me that there was a, an incident. Was it how long ago was this? Like a week ago or a couple of shows ago, where your opening act called in sick, and you guys mm. decided to go incognito <laughs> as a non-existent band. A band, yes. That, yeah. is, that is half correct. Cole, do you want to explain? <laughs> so, yes, our opener, for reasons, had to cancel. It was just one show, right? Uh, n- uh, a couple, because Jordana filled in. Oh, that's right, that's right. It was like so, three. Yeah, so there were a few shows where um, 
the lovely Jordana just stayed on the tour. And then so then there was one night in Columbus where we had to sort of improvise. Um, <laughs> I randomly, during the break between the tour legs, decided to start learning how to DJ. I like okay. bought a shitty DJ like controller. Like you're about to say dance. how to <laughs> dance. Um, <laughs> uh, but obviously that was just me like having fun alone just like making really st- stupid mashups in my room um but i brought the thing on tour i'm like oh this will be fun like we can like on off days or whatever just like mess around with like shitty super mash bros kind of mashups sure um so then he flew his friend out from berlin we, f- we and- flew our friend out buffy the dj slayer all the way from berlin <laughs> came all, all the way, way from columbus. berlin yeah all the way to columbus uh for one show and uh it was really fun. It Wait, was so really how, fun. how quickly was this decision made of like opening mm-hmm. actors called in, can't make the show, mm-hmm. let's do this? Well, I think what's funny is like what, when I had the DJ controller like chilling in the bus, we had all kind of talked like, oh man, it'd be so funny if like for some reason like an opener couldn't do a show or two or whatever. And then like you just like <laughs> DJ, we all kind of just like DJed and did this thing. This was like, you know, a couple weeks before this actually happened. And so then... You know, the days leading up to Columbus, our team was like, hey, we might have this situation. Like, what do you got? How do you guys want to handle it? Like, do we go after this or that? And we were like, oh, why don't we just like, why don't, why don't yeah. we just do the thing that we thought we might have to do, you know? Yeah, not that I manifested sickness on Claire spill tab, but I, I feel like I did manifest <laughs> yeah. cold doing a DJ set. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, like the night before, we're making a, an Instagram account out at this bar and like coming up with names and like our photographer who's on the road with us, Dylan Campbell, um, he mocked together like posters on billboards like around <laughs> cities as though because like, you know, we had to like build the hype, sure. which yeah, yeah. nowadays like I don't know what's real or fake anymore. So like it was just like this stupid <laughs> Stupid marketing that we did. Um, it was very, it was very much so a highlight of the tour for sure. How how quickly did people in the crowd know that it was you guys? Probably immediately. Probably, in, in, probably <laughs> before immediately. it even started. They yeah. were like one of them. <laughs> they didn't expect you to be in the in the road case. You, oh the, yeah, God. the videos are insane. He's he's pl- he's he's pushed out in this friggin' like <laughs> box, and then they reveal it, and there's smoke. It was like, but the box the, is sitting. The case is sitting there for like probably three to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, Cole's just in there. He's going out. And they're just like sweating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We start so like fun. an intro song, and then the do- the case just opens up. It and was unreal. Gets out of it. it was unreal. It was unreal. <laughs> it was truly, hilarious. we went for this like weirdly, like goth vampire, so like sad. very hacked together vampire. Energy. Which is funny because sure. Buffy is not a vampire. If we're referencing <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she slays vampires. She slays yeah, vampires. she slays vampires. But we just decided that Buffy the DJ Slayer is, <laughs> is a vampire. A vampire. <laughs> yeah, which is sick. Yeah, so a vampire. Buffy is a vampire DJs. who slays DJs. Pretty sick. What That's were you really playing? Sick. Gosh, see, th- what I learned about DJing in this process You're is so like, inspired now. So inspired. Um, but the difficult thing is if you want to sound good through the speakers, right, you need to have like at least MP3s or like wave files of the songs. Like I could go YouTube to MP3 and like be downloading whatever I want, you know, but uh, you're just not, it's just not going to sound good over the big PA. Mm-hmm. So. I went on iTunes for the first time in 15 years or whatever <laughs> and was buying songs for 99 cents like right before. And so it's 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 definitely all over the place. One fun thing is like 
I have access to all the Wallows stems. Sure. So like I put like a Todd Terrier song and then put like the Are You Borget vocals on it. <laughs> and it was like this shit mashup. And I a long time ago had remixed one of our songs like just for shits and giggles, you know, and then we like dropped that. And uh, yeah, we played Dancing Queen. Yeah. All, all kinds of just, I don't know, just stuff that. How, I could how long buy was the set? Just, we did 40 minutes. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. wish it could have gone longer. I know. And then what? You just like <coughs> took your box off stage and then came back on as well as. Yeah. So we, we you know, the, I had the hood on, right? I got back into the box and then our TM and, and lighting crew had this idea to like slay, like kill me. So mm. they like made like a stake. <laughs> this is a performance piece. I know. It was, un- it was yeah. unreal. It was unreal. Our crew stepped up so much. So yeah. We, I, uh... I think like everyone was excited about sort of. Um, a break in the monotony because you know after doing even like 10 15 shows or whatever we had done at that point you're like oh every day is kind of the same yeah <laughs> so that everyone was like oh, something new like we get to yes. like build this weird like <laughs> so nice. yeah um so i don't also, know also yeah. a major shout out like again to dylan campbell our photographer yeah. because not only for helping with the name and the d- designs and things like that but like it was his idea to go to a costume store that day and buy the cloak and the cape and the hat and all that stuff right that wasn't going to be a thing. Dylan really... Yeah, that helped. was amazing. Dylan is the he other mastermind of Buffy, yeah. Yeah. Did you at least come out to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme song? Because that song hits. That song would have hit. Yeah. I mean, we, the op- intro was um, Genesis by Justice. Like, <laughs> bum, 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 you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Kind right. of that like spooky vibe. Which, funny enough, is our sound guy, Cole Carabin. Every night when he tunes the PA, he uses that song. So it was like perfect. Nice. Like, what better song to sound <laughs> yeah, good yeah. than that song? You know, it's also that. What's the weekend song he always plays? Oh, oh, I feel it coming, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same time. <laughs> that was good harmonies. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I mean, Cole, you did mention it. Like, obviously, you guys uh, started this tour in April. You scheduled the tour till fuck January. 2045 <laughs> yes yeah. how has everything been i mean like i don't want to talk about COVID or the pandemic at all but how is it now like being on the road and being in each other's faces as much as you are and really for two years you weren't allowed to even see each other oh i don't even know anymore um hmm. it feels kind of just like back to normal it, like it is back to normal but what i yeah. mean by that is like it feels like that didn't happen in, in like my mind like when we're on tour and we're seeing everyone it's just I I've, I finally like finally it feels that way. Is what I'm saying like it finally feels like oh yeah we're back on tour we're seeing people we're meeting people we're hanging out we're playing shows we're we're getting to perform these songs again and I don't know I feel um, very happy that that's the way it feels like you know there was definitely moments when you know you started seeing people but it was still weird or mm. it was still like what's going on or like you're playing shows with like everyone's wearing masks or like lo- like low capacity like fifty percent. It feels cool that it's back to normal, but it feels that and it feels that way in a sense where like, you know, the world, you know, got it together or something and it's like really cool. You know what I mean? So I'm just happy. It feels good to be back on tour. It's like the best. Yeah. And we missed it for a long time. Yeah. And in hindsight, obviously, you guys released the album in March. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But obviously, a lot of musicians I have on this podcast, it's, it's an interesting question. I get so many different answers about the conversation you had probably around that April May 2020 mark when you realized, oh, this COVID thing is not just a couple of months. We could be off for a while. You know, no touring. We can't, like, should we record an album? Like, Foo Fighters, for example, told me that, like, Dave Grohl was like, fuck it, let's do an album. 
1975 were like, they just released an album and they were like, do we just stop or fuck it, let's make another album. Mm-hmm. When COVID became a very real thing, what was the conversation like in this band? Did you guys say, let's keep writing, let's do a bunch of live streams, do we just stop talking for a year? What was the conversation like? I mean, I remember, I remember having the song idea that I made a little demo to and Cole recorded his own version and I thought it sounded really sick. And then I randomly was like, it'd be so cool to release that. Like, we didn't see each other, whatever, whatever. Dylan took it a step farther and was like, we should make a project in quarantine, like an EP that we don't see each other. And that was remote Mm -hmm. that we put out in 2020. So the conversation was we wanted to just keep putting out music as much as we could. And um, that was a very interesting project and something that I'm really stoked on because some of those songs live are some of the best ones and it's funny because those songs were never played live it was just all like sending files and who's where and what what so i don't even know what that meant but anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's where and what was my dj name um so yeah no it, it was we, our bit was just to stay um busy but i don't know i mean i don't know if you guys can talk more about that but that was basically it yeah i feel like the in- <clears throat> the initial thought i had was like we should jump into album two because we don't mm. have an album out. But then, because in my mind, the pa- this pandemic thing, I was like, oh, it's probably be over in a couple months. And let's just put, get ready to come out of this this summer and put out the album. And uh, it was becoming apparent pretty quickly that was not going to be the case. So, yeah, that's how we like got segued into how about a... And then I also went crazy. I was like, why don't we do a mixtape? Like, <laughs> bands don't do mixtapes. Let's do a project that's not an album. And... Like we're not treating it like a proper record, but we record enough songs, like nine songs or something, to put out uh, remotely or whatever. But then we just ended up narrowing it down to an EP, which I'm glad we did. But the plan that year, though, was to put out a few singles throughout the year, um, and we had already had a plan to do okay. We'd already started that plan with okay that yeah. song, and then a couple months later, we we wanted the next one to be. Um, Nobody Gets Me Like You, which is on the remote EP. And we were going to do it with Ariel Rekshide. Then pandemic happened and we couldn't record with him in person. But then we finished that remotely with him first. He kind of took the stems and and we built it out together through phone calls and whatever. And uh, and then in our minds, we were like, why don't we, we'll, we'll keep that in our pocket for later, whether it be for another album or for a single later on or whatever. But then once we had already started working on remote more with um, <clears throat> Sachi and John, uh, our friends who recorded that with us, uh, we, we we were also like, oh, well, we actually technically finished Nobody Gets Me remotely as well. So then that's how that got on there. And um, and yeah, we, I mean, we did have enough songs for, I guess, a quote-unquote mixtape. That's why we, hence the fir- world's first ever deluxe EP that we put out. <laughs> remote deluxe. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, <laughs> It's it was really honestly fun though. Like it was very um it really took up a lot of our time, like and and brain power and energy and it I think it really helped us probably get through the pandemic because we were on such a we had so many shows planned in twenty twenty. We had like just lots of it. We were excited about the singles we wanted to put out. And um I'm happy that we got our creative kicks out that year, just because also like if we hadn't done it, our second album, Tell Me That It's Over, whatever it would have been called would have been really, really, really different. And um, I'm curious what that reality, that alternate reality would have looked like, but I'm I'm happy with how it, it all happened. I think it was meant to be the way that it was. Different because you just recorded it completely different in isolation, you mean? Or just where you guys were at as far as musical taste? Well, yeah, I think that a couple of the songs wouldn't exist at all, probably, or yeah. at least yet, without 
doing remote, but also a lot of the songs probably would have found their way onto the next album in a different way. Like we would, it just would have been a different album. And, and some of the songs that exist on Tell Me That It's Over, we probably wouldn't have come back to them written because we would have had enough songs and just, it just happened the way it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, remote was sort of the palate cleanse. Yeah. Like we got a lot of things off the plate, I feel like. Yeah. And, and it felt, and it allowed us to feel really able and allowed to experiment. Like, sonically that project is i mean all of our projects sonically are very different from each other but uh that one especially just because we weren't physically never together in recording that yeah every vocal is iphone Mm -hmm. sent to me comped sent to sachi john it's which is just hilarious that that can happen we sort of made it in a besides the iphone thing like i feel like a more pop or hip-hop sort of way Right, like sending beats. Yes, <laughs> top yeah. line. Send it back. Producer yeah. send it back, and you know, give notes. Like it was, it was, uh, it was fun. I, lo- I love remote. I lo- I'm, I'm happy that we did that. Could you guys play the Zoom game when it comes to writing and recording? No, no. We tried once. And it was yeah, like, and it was a, just a. We just oh, sat yeah. there for an hour. And yeah, we're just like, yeah, I'm gonna get off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until it becomes like the technology becomes so next level that you can do it in real time. Even then, though, I don't think we would do that. We eventually, though, after a few months, once we were like done with remote or wrapping it up, we like like mixing or whatever. We um, finally started getting together again. Uh, Cole's house where we lived at the time, we um, our bubble sort of extended to each other, and like that was it. So we could always safely get together in Cole's place and um, and start writing because we started after remote. We're like, okay, now we need to keep writing more songs for whenever yeah. we're able to make this next album. Um, so we did a lot of that as well eventually by the end of 2020 and going into 2021. And Braden, you mentioned normality where we're, it is normal now, thank God. You guys are playing, as we record this, you guys are playing Bonnaroo next week, the week after. You've got Reading Festival in the UK, which is like 100,000 people. You just did Coachella. Mm-hmm. I think you've got another one in Mexico in November. Lollapalooza too. Yeah, just a shitload of festivals, thousands of people back on stage. And I may even start asking this because I'm a fanboy. I'm a couple of years older than you guys. Mm-hmm. The your previous band, you guys played Warp Tour in 2011, when you were 14, the, 14, 15, yeah. yeah. It was only one show, one Warp Tour. Yeah, show. one Warp Tour so on the back much. of a truck. When yeah. I was 14, I worked at Blockbuster, which was the high, still that's, is the highlight of my life. That's sick. Wow. I love Blockbuster. What a yeah. great place. Yeah, but yeah. like playing Warp Tour when you're 14 years old, what was that experience like? Especially now that you guys are professionals, you're studs, you know what you're doing, <laughs> you're on a world tour. When you look back at that time, as a bunch of 14-year-olds going on stage on one of the most iconic festivals, what was that experience like? When you're 14 years old, do you even comprehend what you're doing, or is this just a bit of fun? I didn't comprehend that Warped Tour was a legendary thing. I, I, for some reason, I just thought it was this... this like, I never heard of it or something when I was younger. Yeah. I don't know why. I just never heard of Warped Tour. And I just... Uh, we won this battle of the bands that got us to play one show there. And um, I just remember being like, we're playing Warped Tour. There's going to be a thousand million people watching us, and it's going to be the biggest life-changing thing. And there was like, you know, ten people, and it was like on the back of a yeah. semi-truck, you know, and like yeah. my guitar is like so out of tune in one song. It's on the YouTube. You could find It's like, so we had a riff that was like, bump, 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 right? Yeah. And the video's like, bump, 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 And I'm like, oh my God. Not only that, the way you're playing is like, so anyway, I, I, yeah, I just remember thinking it was going to be this life-changing 
thing, and then we just played the show, and then we just kind of went home, and I was like, oh, that was fun. But no, it was... Um, I remember that day well. Weirdly. I know, yeah, we were, like, throwing rocks on the beach. And, yeah, uh, I remember all those pictures. Like, that was, like, when Instagram, like, just became, like, yeah, people started began. using it, but... Yeah. I used to think it was just like a photo editing thing because mm-hmm. it had filters. So there's this one picture I can remember of us or me, like, and there's an Instagram like the filter. orange one, right? The orange one, yeah, yeah. But it's like just because, like, I would never do that now, <laughs> obviously. But, yeah. it's, but that was what was cool. Yeah, and we that became like our at the time our band photo that became like yeah. the, the image. Yeah. This yeah. orange filter one, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it had, may have had a little border around it yes, too. Yes, there was something. a border we thought wow. was really cool. That's what Instagram wow. was. It was filters, yeah. a border, yeah, and maybe like a hashtag like magic. Right. It was. It was nothing. You didn't say anything. It was just fun filters. Yes. And now it's kind of now fun it's a monster. Again. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a beast. And now it's an algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Get those likes. Coming up, tell me that it's over. Only came out in March. But is there already a new Wallows record in the works? Dylan reveals all after the break. If you head over to Audio Technica's website right now, you can pick up their new ATH-CK-S50-TW True Wireless in-ear headphones. These buds sound incredible with all types of music, they offer great noise cancelling, and have 20 hours of playback without even using the charging case. To get your hands on a pair, simply head on over to audiotechnica.com. Without without getting too um, reflective or sentimental about it, now where you guys are at as a band, again, you're three months into a, a world tour. Where are you guys at as a band? The second album's come out. It's fucking awesome. I'm going to fanboy. Oh, thank you. Um, where, where do you guys sit with all with everything that's happened up to this point? What is next? I mean, obviously for the next year you're touring. Are we even thinking about new music? Are we just going to enjoy playing for a little bit longer? Both, yeah. Right. We um. Are you looking at your manager? Yeah. Can you hear me, Andrew? Yeah, you can. Hear me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Buckle up, my friend. Yeah. Exclusive. Bum, 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 no, we we want to um we want to jump right into our next record. We're, we're mm-hmm. very much thinking about it. We know we what we want it to as of now. What we want it to be like, and we know that we're inspired and what we're inspired by. And um, I think just like musically, emotionally, everything, we're just feeling very inspired and ready to get into it as soon as we can like because we do sort of have some time off this summer and i think as much as we want to enjoy time enjoy time off like i think we see the benefit in having a couple months to uh try and just power through writing like new stuff writing the new record because we do have a lot of great ideas so to help round out the batch of songs we have with new ones and just and pick the best ones from hopefully a big batch of songs like i think technically we could finish writing enough songs right now, enough good songs right now to make a good record, but I think we want to, honestly, maybe even a great record, but I think we want to write at least, like, ten more new ideas to, to get the ball really rolling, and, yeah, I don't know. We, we want to sort of, we want to rush We want to rush it out. We want to do another one. Soon. Ideally, like, I mean, if, if in an ideal world, when would you like to get You're looking at the manager again. <laughs> ideal ideal world. world, when would you like to get this out? Next year. Dates be damned. Whoa. Next year. Next year. Quarter one. <laughs> We're getting corporate. No, nah, no, nah. like summer, fall, or something. Okay, uh, realistically, we, we, we literally no time to get yeah. out. Yeah, again, yeah. because and correct me if I'm wrong. You're doing these U.S. dates, then you're going to Europe in a couple of months. Then I think you come back for a few shows in the U.S. Then you go to Australia in November. Then you go to Mexico in late November, 
and then you might get a little Christmas break, and then you come back Christmas to the break. Let me do a big UK Europe tour in the winter. Right, there's some time off in the spring. Oh no, then other stuff that we haven't even announced, and then spring, and then other probably festivals and things, and it's nonstop. Yeah, and it's probably just going to continue to be nonstop. But I don't know. Like I, I'm, we have a lot of thoughts that we we need to like. We should leave this room and go just tell the label after this what we want to do. But <laughs> yeah, we are here. Huh? We are here. You are so. in the studio. Yeah. We no. I mean, like, I, I am inspired. Though. I feel like there's a, there's more and more. There's a lot of artists right now that are managing to put out records the year following the one before. Mm. Um, it's so inspiring to me. Like, and we have so many good ideas. I'm feeling really inspired. That I'm like, I'd love, I'd love to strive and accomplish that. Um, plus we, the plus one to pl- one to two is three years because of the circumstances. So yeah. I feel like. It'd feel cool better. to, yeah, just go yeah. right into another. How does the writing and recording work when you're on the, it's, it's fucking hilarious. I had Metallica on the show and they were like, so they play stadiums and the day of the show, they have like a, a studio made for them backstage where they'll record and write. Mm. So they have a studio at the stadium, they record and write all day, then they play a stadium show. I don't know if you guys can get a, a studio in your backstage yet, but how will you work out the writing and recording when you're going to be so full-time on the road? It's probably going to mainly be at home, realistically. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, we do have a setup in the back, thanks to Buffy the DJ Slayer. Nice. But, right. I mean, um, it's it's like a, <laughs> a setup, you know? My, like, rocket fives, <laughs> like, shoved into the corner of the back lounge. So if need be, if we're feeling really, really creatively inspired, um, we could make work some stuff out on the road, probably. Yeah, but. yeah we'll bust, bust. We'll, we'll, like, do some of that at soundcheck a little bit. It's, like, mm-hmm. nice to be on stage and, like, you know, our our crew is so good that like we don't even really need to like go through the whole set or anything. So we have time to like, oh, let's just like start playing this part and then like, hey, Blake, who plays bass, like, can you just play this? And then even just those little like two minute moments, I'm like, oh, I can visualize something new for that idea. You know, it, mm. it, it kind of happens like very quickly. Um, shower thoughts, kind of. Yeah. And I think too, like, it depends on how much we get done at home. Like, if we, <clears throat> if this summer we can write a bunch of music. We'll feel comfortable going on the road and just focusing on being on the road and having fun. Yeah. But right. it just depends on how possible our uh, our goal is to accomplish. Uh, and I don't know. We're just gonna we're gonna see. We could just be talking out of our ass. We, our album three could come out in twenty twenty five. I don't know, but you might have a, a meeting with the label office, and they'll say, "Shut your fucking mouth." That's not, <laughs> none of this is happening. Yeah. Um, what happens with the other projects? I mean, like, Brayden and Dylan, obviously, you guys, your acting careers. It's so fucking cool to think about, like, again, we Warped Tour in 2011. You guys released the debut album in 2019. Obviously, there was an EP before that as well. Juggling those two careers is no easy feat. Dylan, in your case, obviously, 13 Reasons Why was blew up globally. Seasons 1, 2, 3 were 2017, 2018, 2019. Obviously, the debut yep. Wally's album came out in 2019. Is that an easy feat to do? Is it something you like doing? Do you think balancing? One, yeah. Do you think one has to favor the other at some point? Again, given that the next year you'll be on the road. Um, we're all purely focusing on Wallows at the moment. Like it's. I think if you're gonna strive and you know do do the best you can in something, you have to be putting your everything into it. Mm-hmm. So I always just sort of have my focus on one thing at a time. I mean, and when I was doing the show, like we were balancing so many wallows things during it that I wasn't putting all of my attention into it. Mm. And that's when I was like, if I'm going to be doing this acting thing, like I should be putting all of my attention into it. And just, I'm just at a time in my life right now where I'm not really ready to be doing that. I'm not as creatively inspired or, fu- or fulfilled as I am in wallows. Cause wallows is, and we're doing shit that we like 
were dreaming of doing when we were mm. tw- 12. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, like, uh, it is, it is. So if you're, if you want to be great in both, I think it is tough to balance. You, you could, I could probably balance more if I wanted to. I just don't want to. I just want to focus on this. So, um, yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at with it. I don't, and, and Braden too, like, also we both act and I feel like we've just always been on the same page about it really. Mm-hmm. But, um, who knows? I, I, there's going to be a point in time where Wallows, I'm sure, take a break. You know, just like everyone does and should. And f- I feel like it'll we'll all have things that we want to go and focus on for a moment and do something else. And it might be acting for me. I'm not sure. But yeah. the more time you take away from something, the more you'll miss it. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So uh, maybe I'll. I don't know. I'm just following, going where my heart's taking me. Really. Yeah. And this is the cliche question of the podcast, so I do apologize. What is the secret to, to stay in a band for so long? Because anyone, everyone would be lying if they said they were still friends with all of their high school friends. You guys have managed to do you guys know Melancholin, Swedish punk band? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they've been around for like 30 years. I remember I had them on the podcast like two years ago, and it was the two founding members. And they, like, they've been a full group the whole time, 30 years, haven't changed. And I was like, "How? Like, what is the secret here?" And they just said, "Oh, we don't talk outside of touring and writing. Like, we'll we'll write an album, we'll tour it, and then we do not talk for two to three years." I'm like, Whoa. "How the Crazy. fuck does that work? Especially when you've been with these people for so long. Do you guys have a, a weird relationship where you can have downtime? Like, as far as just three guys hanging out, playing video games, whatever. How quickly does conversation turn to Wallow's talk, or can you just tune it the fuck out for a little bit?" Mm. That's interesting. I think like when I was younger, I would always just want to talk about band stuff. So it was kind of a. F- I mean, we'd always hang out and have a great time. Like it wasn't just that. But I feel even more recently, um, I love the idea of just like going out and just like mm. not talking about the band. Mm. So yeah, no. I mean, no. We can definitely hang out and go have fun. And you know, there's so many things in LA we love to do, and we have so many mutual friends. We're always hanging out. But I think. Um, we do naturally love talking about Wallows in the band all the time as well. So it's just, it's just, it doesn't feel like this like weird work thing. I mean, I remember seeing uh, the Ramones on a podcast and they like did not like each other at all. Mm. And they, they, the interviewer was like, Joey, look at Johnny. And they just like were like, not going to look at him. Like they didn't even want to look at each what? other, like sitting right next Whoa. to each other. It breaks my heart when you hear it was, that like, stuff. Crazy. Hey, like crazy. Bands actively don't like each other. Yeah. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like, it was that was really really crazy, but um, no, I mean I think it's it's just kind of phases, you know what I mean? You just kind of like you're just aware that you're always going to be around each other, and like you know, it's like fine. It's like, yeah, you don't want to let us just get to a point forever. where we only associate each other with work. Like that's yeah, not, yeah, that's like severance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that show? Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we just do that. We just get severed on the yeah. tour bus, walk on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's like a secret. I think we all just um, really trust each other, and like we're not like we're we're working together. Like it's very like the three of us. Maybe because it's three, I think like each of us are a little bit different and kind of balance each other out. Mm. You know, like there's not too many personalities being juggled, but like there's enough so that it's like diversified. I don't I don't know though. I don't really think about that. I, I think we're just yeah. kind of experiencing 
it. That's the interesting thing with you guys as well, because you know your sound has changed, but you've all been on the same page, and it's kind of changed in a way that like is the perfect fit from the last project. Like you mentioned before with Remote, that sounded fucking awesome. Then going to tell me that it's over, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. So to be on the same page, I mean, maybe it's because you guys just have similar taste. One day, you're going to want to do Buffy the DJ Slayer and just incorporate into all the Wally's music, and they'll say, fuck this, we're out. Yeah, that yeah. might have to do with uh, trusting each other's instincts because I feel like maybe like it's not like we're literally all on the same page at the exact same time. I think maybe one of us influenced the other into all these other things in a, in a positive way or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe Cold presents this new kind of idea or like sonic palette that the band could, you know, or anyone. And, and then that's what kind of influences the the way that we all kind of mind meld. But. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been so long like I feel like none of us are really um, like formally trained in music or anything. I, I follow this drum teacher dude on Instagram. Just I don't know. I my drum talk whatever. Um, but he had some posts. He's now playing with Weezer, and sure. he's uh, he's like, yeah, for those people out there, like there's certain things that you can never learn playing music by just practicing alone in your garage. Like you could become like the best speed metal drummer of all time totally by yourself but there's a totally different kind of school of of or like a totally different type of education that you get when you play with other human beings yeah and i've never really played with anybody but them you know so then like since i was like 12 so i think that's we all kind of like learned from each other and showed each other music and it was all yeah. just kind of very contained in that way yeah good know? point what was the band when you guys first got together where you're like, we want to be these guys? Because again, when you're 12 years old and you hear your favorite band, you're like, I want to be that guy. What was the band that drew you guys together? Oh, I mean, well, I mean a lot of classic Beatles. rock. Yeah, Beatles, like Beatles, the Beatles, sure Led Zeppelin, yeah. and then like this King's Zeppelin Leon, was so. really a huge yeah, right. one to start. Yeah, that then, was. Then Kings of Leon, like you were saying, was like the next. I mean, our first KOL. band was like classic rock. Our yeah. first songs we were like 13, 14 when we were yeah, like writing songs. The Jimi Hendrix so, experience. Yeah, just, just <laughs> so classic rock, which is sick. Then we felt really cool when we started trying to make songs like Molly's Chambers by Kings, Kings of Leon, Leon or something. Yeah. Or Four did, Kicks. Did that um, work out? The Strokes was another huge one. Um, what did you say? Did that work oh. out, doing songs like Kings of Leon? You have to go back to the archive. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find all those songs I one day. There's so. videos. There's videos of all those songs. We'll find oh, nice. them. We'll release them one day when we're 80. <laughs> <laughs> all right, before we go, I do have to plug the Australian shows. Uh, you're playing in November. Have you guys been there before, either on Leisure or on tour? Never. Never. Have we, we've never. all never been, right? Nope. Wow. Never. And I, I love the idea of going to Australia. I love all the ideas of poisonous and venomous animals. Is, yeah. that, is that a correct st- and, is, that, is that overstated? Everyone thinks that we live in a desert with kangaroos and like killer sharks and That's snakes. That's like in the middle, it's, right? Yeah. It's like rural. <laughs> It'd be like yes. if I said like LA is Joshua Tree. You exactly, know what I mean? Exactly. It's exactly. beautiful. It's sunny. Beaches. It's 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 similar to LA. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, we, uh, we were just talking about we might like try and find a way to have a couple just extra days of no shit. Just like be there for mm. uh yeah enjoy it for yeah i'm so days. excited to go that seems beautiful yeah I'm waiting really. a long time yeah. yeah yeah i think almost all the shows are sold out and i think one has just been upgraded to a, a bigger venue so congratulations thank you thanks. so much thank you. Thank you. thanks yeah yeah we're lucky ducks <laughs> hopefully by that time that they're all sold out and either way though they're gonna be just amazing yeah be great. well guys thank you so much for coming on the show and again thank you to atlantic for giving us this beautiful studio space uh, guys, I will be seeing you personally at Terminal 5. Um, Let's go. But, guys, can't wait to see you in New York and in Australia and in the rest of the world over the next 20 years. Jesus Christ. Guys, yeah. thank you so much again. We'll talk soon. Yeah, Appreciate thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
This episode is proudly sponsored by Audio-Technica Australia. Subscribe, rate and review The Plug on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Plug with Neil Griffiths and on TikTok at theplug.podcast to stay up to date with episode releases and giveaways. 